competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the Magic. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 447. Mr. Savage. Early huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> Early huzzah, indeed. Yeah, we a uh, little programming notes switching up the last second. Got a, a sick kid um, taken care of, and he went down for his nap super early. So we're like, got to strike while the iron's hot. But uh, speaking of things that are hot, holy cow, Mike, the Kentucky Derby Trail, four preps over the weekend, four for the Oaks. Um, I'll say it didn't disappoint in the sense that we finally got a lot of shit to talk about, buddy. Yeah, we do. I mean, it was it was a fun prep weekend as well. We got to see a superstar run. We've got a ton of question marks out at Santa Anita. We had the shit show that was the Aqueduct prep and a stable them up wins a derby prep at uh, Turfway. So what more could you ask for from a weekend? Oh, and Smoking Jay got the job done. Yeah, baby. Let's go. <laughs> there it is. Let's say we had two stable them up horses that... Uh, did well for us uh, if you were paying attention over the weekend. So we're going to talk about all that. It's a big show. Uh, if you're watching us live, uh, thanks for joining us. Give us your opinions on what went down because you're probably not going to have our own. There's a lot of crazy shit that went down. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. Mike, the first race we get to talk about, the one we cared about the most going into it, did not disappoint. The Breeders' Cup Juvenile Champion, Forte, uh, finally makes his three-year-old debut. He breaks from the four-post here. A, a clean break, and it seemed like he was pretty much going to be a winner. He looked great every step of the way. What did you think about the champ? Yeah, I, I thought he looked awesome, um, especially compared to the performance that we've seen leading up to this. It was it was all about, hey, does Forte return? Does he look good returning? He looked awesome in his last couple workouts. Uh, I thought he ran a really nice, clean race here. He's a little more forwardly placed than we've seen him in the past, which I thought was a good sign uh, heading into his uh, three-year-old campaign here. Very important for the Derby that you have some early tactical speed. So nice to see him get out of the gate well. And then when asked to go, he he went and got the job done. He, uh, I like that he sat a little bit closer to this pace. Uh, you know, He was able to settle. They weren't going super fast. And so the fact that he was within a few lengths – Taking kickback, I mean, you can see he's directly behind our boy Rocket Can there getting a bunch of kickback. Still doesn't bother him. You remember the photos after he won the juvenile, it just was caked in mud. So uh, doesn't doesn't mind it. You were right. He's just a very professional effort here. Um, the horses that you know, were around him, you know, Rocket Can had slower buyers coming into this, but he had won a prep over this exact track and set up here. So he was dangerous. Uh, you had Mage who... I actually thought, considering he had to change tactics here, I thought Mage actually ran decently. Remember, this is just his second career start, first time routing, first time without Lasix. A horse that we thought maybe could go gate to wire, didn't break on top, and then, you know, he fought there with it. No match for Forte, obviously, but moving forward, I thought was a good effort for Mage. I thought so, too. Um, you said it. He didn't break well. Uh, the pace wasn't very fast. He had to rush up into that pace, was wide on both turns. So I, I thought this is a good second effort for Mage. Definitely one that I'm interested in back here. Uh, you can see he's finishing up pretty well there down the middle of the track, even after everything that happened. 
I, I thought it was a really a good race all around. I thought Rocket Cannon and Cyclone Mischief ran pretty well in this spot uh, to, to finish where they did. You can tell the Forte wasn't fully cranked, though, here. This was this was the first step in a three-step process for Pletcher. It's what he loves to do. The goal is the Derby. The goal is not the Fountain of Youth. He's going to be better in the Florida Derby. He's, he's going to be very dangerous, especially with what we've seen so far this year. I mean, we just have not seen any horse like this. So when he comes back and looks as good as he did as a two-year-old, it cements him atop the Derby list. Anyone who does not have Forte right now as the most likely Derby winner and Derby favorite uh, needs to have their head checked. You can like other horses, but he has to be considered the main threat right now to win the Derby. If you were a fan of him, if you had him first in your ranking coming into this race, there's nothing there that would dissuade you. You would feel very confident. I mean, look at just how, like, I just give him little shakes and the ears are perked up. That horse is so ready to keep going and keep improving. Um, if you weren't a Forte fan, I don't know what what else did you need to see that would have changed your mind unless you just, for whatever reason, just don't like, you know, don't like Forte. Uh, he just looks so good. Uh, the pace was slow. When pace is fast, he can eat up the horses and go get them. There's no issue there. So looked great. Um, moving forward out of this race, uh, your Rocket Can, Cyclone Mischief, made Shadow Dragon. Anyone that you're interested in for the Florida Derby, I know Michael Myers is talking about possibly mage getting second in the florida derby if you wanted to play a straight exacta when you get to that spot what do you think um i i think look mage to me is the most interesting out of this race because of the the switch in tactics we know the horse has early speed just missed the break got pinched back early was was wide both turns like i said i, I just i think mage is the one that you want coming out of here obviously forte was the best horse in this race i'm not going to say mage would have beaten him if if this had gone differently but Mage, I think, is the one who has the best chance moving forward uh, to really improve. I think Rocket Can ran about as well as you could expect. I think that Cyclone Mischief mm -hmm. ran about as well as you could expect. I think that <laughs> Shadow Dragon ran about as well as you could expect. If we run this same race back in the Florida Derby without any new shooters, I think it's going to be these same five horses that you see in the same top five. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if it's, you know, Forte Mage, Rocket Can, Cyclone Mischief, and, and kind of play a cold super there, even if you want to, because I think... The cards were kind of shown as to where you'd rank these horses after watching this race. Uh, yeah, Rocket Can, Tom O'Connor says Rocket Can also seemed to run pretty big. I thought so. Uh, very clearly no match for the for the juvenile champion. But, you know, we haven't seen anyone that, since he debuted, really, who was a match for him. That one loss he had was kind of wonky. Uh, Michael Myers brings up a great question. We can move on. He was 1-2 to two in the Fountain of Youth. 1-5 to five in the Florida Derby for Forte, realistically? <laughs> We got to see who comes. If, if it's this is the group, yeah, one to five. I mean, if we don't have any new shooters, then then that that's probably a, an accurate number. I, I would say we don't see too many one to five shots, especially in like nine ten horse field, which is what I'd expect from the Florida Derby. So I'll, I'll say two to five right now, but I, I think that's a, a fair estimate if you don't see anyone else come in. Ninety eight buyer for Forte for the return. Not the biggest buyer from the three year old Derby preps. That actually belongs out west in California. The Grade Two San Felipe Stakes winner. Number three, practical move. All the ex-Bafferts with Tim Yachtin in this race, and it's the the organic, the original Tim Yachtin that gets the job done. I, I, I'm with Aaron. The more I watch this race, the more I'm impressed by this effort. What did you think about practical move? I thought he was phenomenal. I, I really thought this was a great effort. Um, I, like, look, the, the talk around practical move is going to be practical joke, right? And we've talked about practical joke quite a bit on here. Probably one of my top three favorite sires right now. I mean, it's it's violence, violence, practical joke. 
And, you know, that third spot can be go back and forth, depending on who, who's how everyone's doing right doing it at the moment. But to me, like, I love Practical Joke as a sire. You always make fun of me when I pick a Practical Joke horse at a mile, let alone a mile and a 16th, <laughs> a mile and an eighth, a mile and a quarter. So the big question here with Practical Move is, is going to be the distance as we continue to get go further and further but man, he looked awesome here. He got a dream trip. He ran right through the rail. Uh, but look, Hajazi got to do it all his own way up front. He should have taken care of business here and was was unable to go rocket ride, makes a move. Fort Bragg makes a move. And you can see practical move is still in hand at this point, not really being mm-hmm. asked yet. As soon as that rail opens up, he spurts right through professionally, something that some three-year-olds struggle with, and then able to just kick clear. And this race is over right here. I mean, yep. it's just as soon as he touches the lead, no one's catching him. Uh, the gallop out is good. So there's, it's like, well, maybe there aren't distance concerns for this horse because of what's on the bottom side. And that might be the difference here is that the damn side has some distance. And so uh, do I love this horse in the Derby? Man, it's tough because the, the problem off this effort, his price is going down now, right? So you're going to see a shorter and shorter price as the races get longer and longer. And that's where those question marks are for me. But the gallop out here is phenomenal. Like, look at him. He's clearly the best horse going forward, too, not just at that mile and 16th distance. So uh, if you like what's in this race, I think that's a big question. Do you like Skinner? Do you like Hajazi? Do you like Go Rocker Ride? If you do, this was as good as Forte's performance. It, I mean, all great points for me, and I don't even know where to start. I think this is a uh, just setting up for a great storyline. Like AEW just had a pay-per-view over the weekend, so you think about like what's going to be the best storyline to make for the most attention on that pay-per-view. Santa Anita Derby. I'm just going to throw this out there, Mike. Bob Baffert watches Tim Yachtin and watches all these horses that Tim Yachtin keeps beating. Bob Baffert's going to either enter Arabian Night or Cave Rock in the Santa Anita Derby. The showdown of the best Yachtin with all those other Bafferts in the barn, with Baffert keeping, um, I'm sorry, he doesn't have Arabian Night. So he's only got Cave Rock. And he Faust- puts Cave Rock in there. Faces Tim Yakteen. He's like, okay, bring it. Like, I'm ready now. Like, this is the one I didn't give you. Can you beat this one? Like, I'm really waiting for a showdown like that. Uh, he's beaten every horse that he's been asked to beat. Uh, I think six or seven different Bafferts he's beaten. I did the math at one point. It's crazy how many Bafferts he's had to beat and keep beating. He had the dream trip, but he he won like a horse that took advantage of it and was still a good one to do it. Like, if he was a bad horse, he just gets the job done. Uh, before we leave. National Treasure was it's supposed to be in this race. He scratched out of it. A lot of people have him as a top pick. Hard to say for sure, but if National Treasure's in this race, what are we looking at for an outcome? Is he right there with Practical Move? Do you think Practical Move was just that good? Um, I think National Treasure would have been tough because they went 23-47 to the half with Hijazi having the lead. National Treasure is faster than Hijazi. We've seen that consistently. So National Treasure would have set the pace in here. I think he would have been much more difficult to pass than Hijazi was down the lane. So I, I think at worst, National Treasure would have run second in this race. I think that he would have had a big shot at winning the race. Um, on the Hijazi front, no, just just this was it. This was it. This was the the perfect setup. You went one eleven to three sixteen or to, to six furlongs. You've got to get the job done in that race if you are Hijazi and just wasn't able to. I would say he's about even money to win one of the undercard derbies, the West Virginia Derby, the Pennsylvania Derby, something like that, because that is exactly the type of horse he might end up being. But it's just it's over for Jazzy at the grade one level against these. Well, I should say in these preps against these these type of horses, this was your chance and you just didn't do it. 
Man, I got a lot of shit from from people, including Aaron, saying that uh, after he broke his maiden, we talked about it in one of these review shows, and I was like, I don't know. I think he's just going to be a miler. I don't think he can get the distance. Thank you. Thank you. He can't get the damn distance. Now, I also picked the horse on top in this race in the guide, so that didn't do me a good. I thought that he would get a lead like this. He's yeah. comfortable. There's zero excuse. Like if he's no. good enough, he if he's good enough, I don't care if it's Yakteen or Baffert training. If he's good enough, he turns on the Jets at the quarter pole when Mike asks him instead of fading. So, um, last question here, and then we'll move on to the next race. Uh, five to two favorite was on the debut winner, Go Rocket Ride, who was stretching out from six furlongs, four to one on Practical Move. I have a feeling that we're going to see similar odds to that in the San Diego Derby. I think Go Rocket Ride is favored again over practical move next out despite getting second here what do you think no i disagree i i think the, when you watch this replay practical move was the better horse and i realize go rocket ride has has every right to improve off this race but he was never even sniffing practical move and yeah yeah you know he didn't break as well as you might have hoped he was a little wide on the first turn a little wide on the second turn but if you like, as you watch this gallop out, I mean, practical move is kind of opening up here in the last 16th and then keeps opening up once they go past the wire without being asked. I mean, I, I think practical move was the wildly more impressive force here. And I think that a lot of times we, we get captivated by the moment and you see this horse the romps in their debut in a maiden special weight and you just want them to be the next superstar. And, and I'm willing to give them the chance, man, but I, I'd like should not be favored in my mind over over practical move next time out. I guess where I'm going with that is I just see a lot of people, uh, you know, saying, oh, wait, hey, I mean, for first time routing, first time winners, look at this, look at that. And they can make excuses. Then I think they'll, just the hype on him will continue to go with that. I don't know. Shadi brings up a good point. You know, he keeps getting some disrespect. I don't think he's done completely being disrespected yet. We'll see what he does. But a very impressive move there. Uh, by the way, so practical move. Wasn't in Aaron's top five for the Kentucky Derby before this race. He is in the top five. If you want to see exactly where he landed, go check out the video at youtube.com slash racing dudes. One horse that did win a prep, Mike, is not in the top five. Kind of begrudgingly in the top 20 because he got the points. It's the winner of the Gotham Stakes, Ray's Kane. This race, actually the next two Derby preps we're going to talk about. Complete horseshit mess races. Like everything just falls apart all over the place. Trip trouble, horse jockeys falling off the horse. What do you make of the Gotham? Yeah, I mean, this is the 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 difference between preps where you're excited about those horses and they have a great future and great betting preps. I mean, this was a wonderful race to bet. If you had any opinion, Iron Clover going off as a favorite. As the owners of Iron Clover in the Fantasy League, we would have told you it was absolutely wild. Like, I didn't think that Iron Clover was going to be the favorite in this spot. No! Especially with all of the speed signed on when we're stretching out off, off two sprint races. Um, yeah, look, we all had... Raise Kane. I mean, I think I had Raise Kane in third. I know Aaron or Jared had him in second. Like, this is a horse that was 30 to 1 on the morning line that was the only horse that was semi decent closing in a race which featured a massive amount of pace. So it's just a, it's a great betting race in that sense. And you get Raise Kane across the wire, like 23 to 1, something like that here. Um, but this is just a, this is like a, this reminds me of the Pate Mile, where you have a bunch of horses who have a ton of speed and it's kind of a shit show of whether or not any of them are going to be able to, to, to hold on late. And you've got that one closer who's just kind of makes up a ton of ground. And you can see Ray's Kane now just starting to kick it in gear and just goes right on by everybody. There was a funny story about his trainer, Ben Colbrook, um, who also saddled a horse, uh, Scooby Quando, at Turfway Park in the race we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, he stayed at Aqueduct long enough to saddle the horse. 
he was under the tunnel watching the race. He had the Uber driver pull over when he could see him go by on the backstretch. And then from there on, he watched the rest of the race on his phone on the way to the on the way to the airport because he had to get to Turfway to saddle his next horse. Um, good effort. You know, he took advantage of this situation. I don't know that this is such a mess. I mean, you know, you see the, the jockeyless horse. How great is Nate? Ran pretty great. Slip Mahoney came up for second. I in Clover, uh, I really thought held on for third. Apparently got fourth there, got caught right at the wire. Uh, General, what was it? Who's General the horse Banker, that, you all, that always finishes third and then Aaron screwed up and didn't do it? Every time General Banker runs third. It's the third straight New York race like this. He's run third in. No matter what the pace is up front, he always just ends up running third. You can pencil him in there. Did it again here at a monster number. I think it was like 18 to 1, something like that. Um, and with the winner up top and that horse in third, I know Aaron was, was quite upset with himself because we literally joked on the last live stream with Hit Show or with uh, Arctic Arrogance uh, and um, Lugan Knight, how you could just pencil in general banker for third in that race and he ran third there and here you can see him kind of coming up on the outside there and ends up just getting past uh, Ian clover there for third here too um one thing that we kind of look at when the pace falls apart here uh our boy Ian clover sure should have been the three to one favorite here but uh he was part of that big pace collapse except he still held on for you know he missed third by a nose he wasn't anywhere close to the winner but he wasn't that far behind slip mahoney either uh if he doesn't get caught in such a, a crazy fast pace duel over a very uh, very muddy aqueduct track, as you can see there. Uh, do you? What do you think about Ian Clover moving forward? Any chance for this horse, or are these all just sprinters or race canes a deep closer? I mean, I, I think I think Ian Clover was awesome compared to what you saw the rest of the speed, right? I mean, everyone else who was anywhere up near up front just completely faded off of it and backed out of this spot. Whereas Ian Clover fought on, just missed third place. Actually, I got pretty drastically out bob for it like slip mahoney runs a completely different style comes from way off the pace after missing the break and that's why you see him running up in second race king coming from off the pace gets home here ein clover was the one horse that held out um i don't think that he is going to be devastating at a mile and a 16th around two turns things like that i do think ein clover could be a very good sprinter out of this class though i think it's like him at seven furlongs seems awfully dangerous considering what he was able to do here Let's set him to the Pat Day Marl. Let's get some points out of him for fantasy purposes here. Uh, all right, let's go talk about Turfway Park, the John Tagley Memorial Stakes, where uh, a race that produced last year's Kentucky Derby winner and last year's Kentucky Derby winning jockey rode congruent to win. If you want to know who congruent is, you're watching the stream. He's one of the two gray horses. He's the 12 there on the outside uh, with the neon green. This race was crazy because congruence all the way in the back, and I think there were six lead changes from the quarter pole to the eighth pole. And then Kukruin just swept by everybody and took it. What did you think of this race? Interesting that we see a turf horse win this race. Uh, obviously, we, we had Tizabom last year who won some of these turfway preps, who was a turf horse as well. Uh, also interesting that turf horse that, that has been struggling against the middling tier of three-year-old turf horses is able to get the job done against the on the Triple Crown Trail. So it kind of makes you wonder that the turf three-year-olds we have versus the dirt three-year-olds we have and how much better those turf three-year-olds may be. Um, I, Look, this is a good race from Congruent. Great job getting the win. Nice to get a big price. If you continue to, to follow this horse after the stable him up, it definitely paid off here. Uh, getting home at a, at a good number. Uh, no chance of the Derby, right? Keep him here at Turfway. Have him run in, in these preps. Have, get him back in the Jeff Ruby stakes, those kind of things, right? Like, just go for the points here. But I don't think you actually want him in the Derby gate. Well, if you're the connections, you might. But it, uh, no, as a better or anything like that, uh, not someone that I'm looking forward to using. Well, look at this. What I mean, it's just so many different ones. By the way, the three horse Gilmore was your favorite at two to one. That's another ex Baffert. Um, he did not run a lick after getting second. 
in the El Camino Real Derby at Golden Gate on their synthetic. All these horses, I thought we were going to get the lead, and then here comes Congruent flying right by. Um, a couple horses like Scooby Quando stretching out for the first time I thought were interesting, but I don't know. I think there's one horse that might come out of – one other horse that might come out of the Turfway Park Series, and he wasn't in this race, so we'll even see if he shows up. But uh, overall, there you go, Congruent. He gets 20 points for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, but you bring up an interesting point, Mike. The turf horses in the three-year-old class, at least at this point in March, they might be, from a whole, for getting the top couple, they might be largely better than the dirt uh, three-year-olds that we have right now. Yeah, especially with the dirt three-year-olds that we've seen come back, right? We still don't have Loggins. We don't have Cave Rock. Like there's, We don't have uh, extra Neho yet. I mean, the, the top end of that class is pretty thin based on what we thought it would be like when last year. Whereas the turf class, you see, keep seeing these, these kind of stars pop out, right? Like Major Dude, who be congruent the last couple times out. So you've got some really nice horses on the turf side that are, are continuing to improve and show themselves out. On the dirt side, you kind of have this... Uh, this hodgepodge of what, what you're seeing in that second tier of horses, right? So I thought the turf three-year-old has been wonderful. And this kind of flatters that group down at Gulfstream Park because Congruent could not sniff a top three finish in the last two races over that turf course against, you know, good three-year-old turf horses. And, and here, again, the dirt horses with a couple that are nice here, like, you know, Gilmore, not a slouch coming into this race, uh, gets absolutely trounced by Congruent. <laughs> yeah, Michael Meyer. Yeah, flatters major dude. You bet it does. Uh, speaking of Major Dude, let's go back to his home track, Florida, Gulfstream Park. Uh, we'll switch gears now and talk about the Kentucky Oaks. Actually, no, I'm sorry, Mike. I completely skipped right over Kentucky Derby uh, <laughs> before we get into it. Uh, who do you have right now as like your top pick? Is it Forte? Does he like establish himself as your top pick? Yeah, I, you can't not pick Forte at this point. I'd love to not pick Forte, but look, he was the best, one of the best horses we saw at two. He was the two-year-old champion. The concerns around the first workout back, it wasn't great. It's the last two have been phenomenal. Everything was all systems go in this race. I, I don't see how you could not have Forte on top of a derby board right now, uh, even though it is kind of chalky and not fun. Now, does that mean Forte is going to be my derby pick? No. But right now, without having the gates, without anything else, without knowing who's in the gate, I don't see how you can't say he's not the most talented three-year-old. Yeah. Mike's going to look crazy there. Uh, I agree with you. I was a... Um... I was waiting to see until he came back what he could do. Fully on board with him right now. Uh, it'll be interesting. We've got Tappet Trice coming up this weekend in the Tampa Bay Derby. He'll be a very short price. We'll see what he does. He's kind of on that bubble of we think he could be part of the top level here, but we need to see him do it. And so many times we've seen horses not make that step like we thought they would. So I'd be curious to watch what happens with Tappet Trice. Um, a practical move, I think I probably have him fourth. I still have Arabian Night up there. Um, but we have to see what where he's going to return, how he's going to do it. Um, he did miss a work slightly because of the rain. So did Cave Rock. They both came back, had really nice sharp works once the track was dried up. So uh, that's where we see it. Where do you have Arabian Night? We haven't talked about him in a while because he hasn't raced in over a month. I mean, he would probably be somewhere around the fifth point. Um, I, I'm not a huge Arabian Night fan just because of the paddling thing, right? So because of that, it, I, I think there are going to be some more issues from when, when we go longer for Arabian Night than we've seen with other horses. And like, we talked about how bad these Yakteen horses looked all weekend. I mean, like, I, if this is one week under the care, and when they're even in the same stalls as they were, what's going to happen when we get fully into that training process? Now, Baffert is around this year versus not around at all last year, which some people think means that he's essentially that this is a paper trainer versus last year there was some actual training going on by Yakteen. But just <laughs> the early returns here are not great for these horses leaving the Baffert barn. And last year's returns were awful when they left the barn. And all of a sudden when they came back to him, they were good again. So uh, it's tough for me to really get behind any 
Baffert, now Yakteen, Ashuson, whoever horse, uh, because of what we've seen from these these horses coming in these or playing running in these preps now. Uh, by the way, a 90 buyer for Ray's Kane. Uh, I'm glad Arctic Arrogance scratched out of that with an illness because I don't think that that race was going to do any favors for him. Um, and then the Bataglia, I just lost it. Where is the a 91 buyer for congruence? So nothing that pops out again. 98 for Forte, 100 for Practical Move. That's the highest. All right, now we can go back Kentucky Oaks. First, uh, Darth Vader upsetting our girl Red Carpet Ready. Uh, the Florida Bread did it this time. I'm... I had to eat shit for it. I said no to Florida breads again. It didn't work out this time. What happened in the Devona Dale, Mike? Uh, Darth Vader ran a huge race. I mean, I think you kind of have to give the nine credit here for just running a monster race, which is odd at 45 to one, as you see there on the board. But, you know, we were on the live stream for this one and, and she never looked like she was really being stressed out. I mean, just this is just a phenomenal effort here. And, and you see... Red Carpet Ready gets the lead at even money here. Red Carpet Ready was wildly impressive in the prep prior to this at, uh, at, at Gulfstream Park. And you've got the five there, Undervalued Asset, who ran second to her. Leave No Trace, who ran second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, is in this spot. And, like, all of those horses are the ones right around Darth Vader. And Darth Vader is still completely in hand here. Comes up to the three. You're kind of like, okay, Red Carpet Ready is just going to open up here. Darth Vader is going to fade away. Uh, Darth Vader never faded away. This is just a really good effort. Now, what do you do with that effort is a completely different question because you're not getting 45 to one next time out. So you have to decide, was this a fluke? Is this who the horse is? Are you okay with eight to one, seven to one, five to one next time out? Uh, what about if we're not running a mile and we're going two turns? Does that change your plans with Darth Vader? So a lot of question marks out of here, but just from a race perspective, look, she was the best horse in this race, period. End of sentence. Uh, one of two Gervin uh, horses to get some uh, big stakes wins over the weekend as well. Um, Gervin's still lighting it up down in Florida. I mean, this is a filly who was sixth at Tampa Bay Downs in her last race in a sprint. Um, comes back here and wins. She'd won at Gulfstream before she uh, a couple of times, so she was proving the track. It just, I don't think we saw red carpet ready completely bombing like that, uh, especially because she was just stretching out further going on one turn. It wasn't, you know, routing for the first time here uh we'll we'll save the the talk about um your top pick for later but red carpet ready do you even consider her a legitimate oaks horse moving forward you want at least see her try two turns before you completely poo poo her yeah i think we need to have her have her try two turns and i think nick makes a good point here i mean it's the second second quarter mile that, that cooked her up right i mean she went 20, yeah. 45 23 45 i mean she wasn't able to go 23 46 23 47 something like that now you say that but guess what Darth vader went 20, 23 and two, 45 and one, right? Like she was right there on that pace as well. So it's, it's a little less of an excuse in that standpoint, but you can see the flow of the race outside of the, the nine horse. I mean, it was the, the closers came on flying. The six horse gets up at a big number for Chad Brown in the second spot. Yeah, The two horse rounds out the try coming from way off the pace. Like, look, it, it's just one of those spots where you, the race flow was heavily favoring the horses coming from behind, except for, oh yeah, Doris Vader, who just runs huge. Yeah, you, I forgot about that. But the Chad Brown horse, Guns and Graces, the other Chad Brown just came flying up to get second like that. Like, of course she did. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, some people saying she might be a sprinter. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Dr. Miranda, our Oaks expert, saying Chuck all Devona Dale winners. Remember whole Bodie Meister two years ago. I had forgotten about that. But thank you for thank you for reminding us about that one. Well, I believe um, Miranda Kathleen picked Noble whole Bodie Meister. Too. So this is like a humble brag in a way there. She's not really calling out that she picked that horse, but I'm pretty sure she picked that horse. 
Uh, she definitely picked practical move in the guide. She is about the only one that did that, so hats off to her for that. Anyways, Busher stakes at Aqueduct for the Kentucky Oaks uh, over the mud and a mile. Uh, only six horses in here. Is it playing? There it goes. Now they're playing. All right. Only six horses in here. Uh, she de booty, and I love that name because that is how it is. She de booty gets the win here. I thought a pretty impressive effort overall. What did you make of the busher? I mean, it was a fun race, right? <laughs> I, I didn't love this. I, I, I thought that I thought the five ran well here, right? And she, she's able to get up and get the win, stock from the outside. But there wasn't any real world beaters coming into this. I wasn't huge, wildly high in asset purchase in here. It was your four to five favorite. So it's one of those questions, okay, what did she really beat? Aqueduct playing a little funky right now because of the, the as you can see, the wildly muddy day there as well. Closers were kind of being favored anyway. So horses were coming from a little bit off the pace. That's where she came from as well. Uh, it's a fine race. She beat what was in front of her. But I, I don't really want anyone here in the Oaks. Yeah, as far as the Oaks goes, I don't think there's anything here. You might see... She did booty. I think she could progress nicely and end up at like the acorn. That's a one turn race at Belmont uh, come in the spring. Really nothing too exciting out of this. I know Zia Roddy was getting some people's attention. Uh, Asset purchase was supposed to be a Chad Brown horse that was supposed to fire and just didn't. So um, ends up falling off here to uh, get pretty houndily beat in the stretch, which probably is probably all distance crazy. limited. She like this horse should be gone. Four to five going one twelve for six furlongs and open up by three and a half lengths and she doesn't win the race. I mean, if you if you put a number on her right here, she'd be one to nine. And like she just kind of stops here in the last furlong. Uh, by the way, uh, wouldn't be trying to stretch for time here just so we can at least watch the, this race finish. Um, she a booty by practical joke. So that's two wins, two stakes wins for practical joke and uh, over the weekend. So uh, both at a mile or longer magic. How do you feel about that? This was a one turn mile. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> None of us are too excited about her moving forward. The Cincinnati Trophy Stakes at Turfway Park uh, Botanical. This might have been the actual best filly that ran all weekend in these races. Uh, Botanical, the three-horse for Brad Cox, is now three for three. It's at Turfway Park, but she looks fantastic doing it. Do we ever see her come back to the dirt before the Oaks, though? Before the Oaks, probably not. Um, but she's one where like, I could at least get excited about Botanical moving forward right I, I you said like look brad cox does a wonderful job with these phillies specifically the three-year-old phillies i could see her ending up being a player when we talk about the oaks or at least like someone that we want we're interested underneath the key is going to be to switch the dirt can she handle the switch to the dirt after she's run so well on synthetic a couple times there's a reason she's running on synthetic it's not like brad cox doesn't run out his his good phillies on dirt so there's a reason she's here and not enough somewhere else but this race was impressive. Uh, look, you have the runoff leader here, so twenty-three and change or twenty-two and change, forty-five and change. You knew that that horse wasn't holding on. It was just a question of who's going to go get her. And Botanical did a great job of going and getting her, and kind of just putting this field away. Uh, Botanical debuted on the turf, obviously uh, because it was a Kentucky Downs. Um, didn't run well in that, but did run a very strong second in her second start at Keeneland. Again, that was on the turf, though. So she's only been on turf or synthetic. I respect what the connections are doing. Brad Cox, uh, the owner, Ellen J. Fox, was there's a lot of money to be made running over at Turfway Park in these preps. You can get her into the Kentucky Oaks. And, hell, you see what happens there. She's never touched dirt on the race day. So uh, that is a big question mark for her. But, uh, you know, Pops a 91 buyer. This race was extremely fast compared to anything we saw at Aqueduct. And she's by Mandagliadoro. So you would think it's all set up for her to do well. 
Yeah, also still green too. I mean, you can watch her down the lane there. Like when she tries to shift over leads, he really has to tug the reins to get her to flip the lead over. And you see her duck in a little bit there. Um, so you, you can see it right here. He's going to go wide and you can see her head cocked outside. You see him kind of pull the hands across there. And that's when she switches leads over and kind of bursts. But she flips back and forth a couple times down the lane and just kind of moving around. So there's still some more forward energy she could have instead of side to side energy. So still feel like figuring it out a little in her head as well, which means that generally there's room to improve there. So I, I think it's a good effort. We'll, we'll see what she's able to do. The big question is going to be, can she handle the dirt? Because like I said, there's a reason she's been only on the turf and synthetic so far. Uh, I do like her as well. We got one more Oaks race to talk about real quick. And this comes from Sunday at San Diego Park. Uh, race three, Faza continues to be unbeaten for Bob Baffert. Did not change trainers. And so uh, no Kentucky Oaks points for her. No Kentucky Oaks future for her, it seems to be. Only an 81 buyer, and I'm starting to think these California Phillies, Mike, on dirt, they might not be that good. <laughs> Justique has had a bunch of hype, but this time she finally breaks cleanly for the first time in her career. Doesn't make a difference. She's still fourth. And Tell Me No Lies was a multiple graded stakes winner last year, too. Went to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, didn't do much. She ran a decent second, but I don't know. What do you make of this field? I mean, if there was only a podcast that's been saying for years that the California three-year-old Phillies aren't as good. I, I just, I would listen to that personally if, if we had a podcast out there just consistently said that. Yeah, these aren't that good. They're the Phillies in California are just not as good. And because the males have generally been so good, I think they get overhyped and, and overrated. You want the East Coast Phillies. We have for years. It's no different this year. Uh, like, I, yeah, Justique's a fun horse. You love that she's got this closing kick, comes from off the pace. But like, let's 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 be real. She's not going to actually compete in the Oaks. This this the California group rarely does compete in the Oaks the last few years. So uh, these are all horses that you just kind of throw out when you get into the Oaks. I think that's one of the reasons why you don't see the, the Phillies on the Baffert size transferred over because he knows they're not good enough to win the Oaks. That they're better horses out there on the East Coast. The uh, the one horse uh, Pride of the Nile. This is the third straight race that integrated stakes that she lost to Faison. and this time she wasn't anywhere close to it. So. Uh, but because of that, I got a nice price on him. Tell me no lies. It was a nice little exact to hear. Um, I had boxed him up hoping that maybe Faza wasn't going to be ready or that, uh, maybe the Miller juice would be extra strong and then tell me no lies. But I mean, there's no Oaks, you know, dreams really realistically out of this. We've already seen and tell me no lies face the East coast Phillies once and it didn't go well for then. So with that in mind, uh, who, who the hell is your pick for the Oaks? Is it, is it Hoosier Philly? Pretty mischievous. Where are you going? I'm still with Hoosier Philly. I'm hoping that because of the last race, we get a better price. I, we've talked about that trip for her. I think it was worse than a lot of people have been saying. And so I'll, I'll take Hoosier Philly right now as the most talented three-year-old Philly in the country. Next, joining the magic train here. Bandita for Todd Pletcher. One start, one win. Let's go. That's, that's kind of where the bar is set right now. She debuted. She won it. She hasn't lost. So, okay. There's the pick. Uh, Hoosier Philly, I think, yeah, we'll give her another shot there. Practical. Uh, I'm sorry, pretty mischievous, uh, looking pretty good as well. By the way, FaZa, the other Gervin that won a stakes race. So Gervin and Practical Joke in 2023, each getting two stakes wins in the prep races. So it's impressive. Yeah, I mean, Gervin was phenomenal last year as a sire, especially a low-cost sire. He was winning races all over the place, and so it's fun to see some of his three-year-olds continue to improve as well. Uh, it was probably one of those horses where if I told you Gervin was going to be a top-five freshman sire, you look at me like I'm crazy. Uh, but that's exactly what he was. I would have looked at you like you told me you bet uh, the Baker Mayfield is his rookie year to leave the Cleveland Browns to win the Super Bowl. And that's still the craziest hey, look I think I've ever given you. I bet Baker Mayfield to win the Super Bowl in his best professional season. You know, you're not wrong. 
<laughs> so I did uh, bet him at the peak of his talent. Uh, over at, uh, uh, that's where we stand for everything for the Derby and the Oaks over at racingnews.com. You can check out Aaron's top 20 post with uh, his top 20. If the Derby was going to be run right now, who he thinks would be, uh, in the field and where he places them. You can also watch the video at youtube.com slash racing dudes, uh, where he explains his top five in detail and why he put practical move in the position that he did. You can also catch all the replays from the Derby and Oaks preps over at RacingDudes.com, and of course, YouTube at Daily every Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. How did things end Sunday? I wasn't paying attention. Uh, well, Papa Dude and I gave out rocking chair winners, just absolute snoozers. Drake won by 20 uh, as a pick em. I gave an over 230 in the Spurs, uh, Spurs Rockets game. They had over 230 with six minutes left in the game. They ended up getting like 250-something. And Aaron just couldn't uh, couldn't keep the train rolling. He had the over in the Avs game. Ended up three two, so I wasn't quite able to get to six. But ended up uh, three and two there, plus plus for the week. So able to win a little bit of money after a slow start. That's good. Yeah, the two times I showed up, but I, I'm the reason that the Avs didn't cash. Like that, I think that's the first time that an Avs bet did not cash on the show. It's because I jumped the line and took it from Aaron. Sorry, Aaron. I'll never do that again. You can always have the Avs here. For that one but yeah please join us for that even if you're not into sports betting or you don't have an opinion uh we always have a lot of fun in the chat half over half the show it's us it's screwing around in the morning it's it's not sports related we're not serious about it so uh, what, uh, it's usually what ad you got going there magic dude i don't know this is <laughs> this is the problem when you turn off ad trackers they just throw random shit up there so here uh -huh. i'll refresh it and see if see what it changes to i'm gonna laugh if it's the same thing again so now it's about is that that's Agassi? Wait, is that uh, shoot? That's a supermodel. Uh, what is Andre uh, Agassi, Shield. Mary? Brooke Shields. Oh, okay. There, you're right. It's Brooke Shields. So now I can see an article about. I got an ad tracker turned off. It's just random shit. You got <laughs> but you're right. No, that was pretty. A voluptuous yeah. 42 year old woman in a divorce ad. That's not. Uh, not, not well, now it's this, people. and I still don't. I've seen this one a lot. I do not. It just says iconic, but it doesn't tell me who she is. Yeah. Only I, I don't know, but she's at she's at the Chumash Casino Resort on March 18th, so you can get tickets. Hey, there you go. I mean, uh, Chumash is my neck of the woods. Come on up. I don't know who she is. Why am I spending $99 to go see her? I don't even know what she does. I'm Starting guessing at she's a singer. Mary. Starting at 99 If you want the good seats, you're paying a little more than that. That's true. Anyways, <laughs> we went way off the rails here at the end. Thanks for joining Mike and I. Talk about the latest Kentucky Derby, Kentucky Oaks updates. Of course, go to racingnews.com for all the free picks and premium products uh, for every race, every track across the country. Uh, and you, oh, wait, you are leaving tomorrow. So I'm actually going to have, I got to find somebody to fill in for you on Thursday. Uh, I'm yeah. guessing you probably don't want to be on the Magic Mike Show Thursday no. talking Tampa Bay Derby late pick five. No, sir. You're going to need to get a fill-in for Thursday and for Monday for me. I'll be uh, be at NHC on, on Thursday and then traveling back home on Monday, so I won't be able to make the next couple shows. Uh, Dudes Bet Daily will still be going on. I think Aaron is going to take over the reins to kind of to, to host that show. I will try and jump on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if I can. I uh, would probably be from the NHC room. If I'm able to make it, we'll have to see what post times are. Gulfstream Park, notably, is now a 12.40 post moving forward versus the 12.10. So that is going to be hey, a later hey. post time now. So that's going to kind of push everything back a little bit as we uh, have more light in Florida. They, they push the post times back. So I think I might be able to make the 9 o'clock show a couple of those days. So, so stay tuned there about still be sending in uh, in best bets there for that show awesome so yeah mike is going to nhc this week uh, if you're gonna be in las vegas at nhc let him know it's always a big fun social event um 
sad I won't be there, but really, especially timing wise, uh, between with my what, Mrs. Magic's work and then sick little kiddo, it's not going to happen. But I will come back to it someday. It is a lot of fun down there at NHC, uh, even if you're not participating, it's like actively involved. It's actually, it's a lot less stressful. I'll tell you that much. I just sit back and eat and drink all day, and watch you. I'm like, yeah, go Mike. That's the, the, that's the definition of my Friday last year was just sit back and drink and, and see if it works out. And it went well. It was a good Friday last year. We'll see if we can repeat that one. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellard. He's at Summabomb18, number one, number eight. Corporate overloads at Racing underscore dudes. Make sure you check back later this week for more previews. Tampa Bay Derby Week coming up. So we will have some uh, some picks and stuff for that. And I guess maybe it'll be Aaron. It's not like Aaron has anything to do on a Thursday. He's got four other shows to run. So uh, maybe not Aaron. Maybe I'll give him a break from that. We'll find someone else. But tune in to find out who that is on Thursday. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, especially to you at NHC, sir. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.